You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. This show's brought to you by Sullen Clothing, Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Inky's Tattoo Products, and Black Flies Eyewear. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Sullen Radio. Facebook is a great place to listen to the show as well as share it each week with your friends. If you'd like to submit questions for upcoming guests or donate to help support the show, you can do that at sullenradio.com. You can also come and meet me at the Ink and Iron Tattoo Festival on June 12th through the 14th in Long Beach, California. I'm going to be hanging out at the Sullen Clothing booth all weekend, so come on by and say what's up. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, and this is my talk with tattooer Ian Robert McCowan. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Joe Swanson. Welcome to Sullen Radio. Um, I'd like to welcome my guest today. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, just a beautiful day here in California. I'm not sure what the weather is like out there in Colorado, but uh, I'm having a great day. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's actually pretty warm here now. We had uh, rain and rain and rain and rain. I think we actually had snow like two weeks ago in May, which is really weird. But uh, no, everything's good, dude. That's awesome, man. It's... Uh, it's it's fun to have you on the show, you know, talking a little bit before we we started recording here. Just um it's been exciting for me to see an artist that is so well versed in painting and such a great tattooer kind of mix these styles together and um also using technology and and what we have available for us as far as tools go this, in this day and age sure. and in tattooing, um, you've taken advantage of those things and, and it's fun to see um, somebody do it at yeah, the level yeah. that you're doing it. You know, you know, I think uh, it's, it's one thing that I um, talk to some of my say coworkers and peers about is that uh, some artists who are say really talented tattooers or, or whatever, they get stuck on this idea that their, their other arts, their fine arts or whatever they might be doing, is somehow sidelined or less mm-hmm. important, you know? Yeah. And I just think it can all be handled as one one whole, you know? I agree. So. I mean, I, I think that <clears throat> you can definitely use one to push the other and vice versa, you know? And yeah. all the way down to it doesn't have to be... I think a lot of times artists get in this this mindset, it has to be some grand, you know, grand painting or, or I have to, you know, you work in this other medium that I'm not familiar with. Well, I think, you know, for me personally, I'm, I'm getting more, I'm trying to dive deeper into watercolor. And I went Uh through those periods of, oh man, I want to oil paint or I want to use acrylics or this or that. And, and I think, man, there's still so much to know about even just watercolor. Let me dive into that, be comfortable, you know, learn things about it and then use that to push my tattooing, um, you know, as a direct, you know, a direct tool to, to, to push that. So, yeah, you know, I, um, I tell people a lot, uh, you know, occasionally, uh, say at shows or whatever I do with seminars on, um, uh, like very, a very specific topic of art with tattooing. But, um, oftentimes I kind of like, diverge into a, a conversation where I'm talking to people about, okay, what are they doing? How are they going about practicing what they want to do? And, um, oftentimes I'm dealing with a lot of people who are into realism and that kind of thing, because that's, that's mostly what I do. And uh, one of my main points to people is that the place in which we practice our new ideas or our new 
pathways into our tattooing, we practice it, or we should be practicing it, off skin. So things like, um, let's say you wanted to have a looser feel and you wanted to use sort of a, a water medium to, to kind of, uh, you know, explore these ideas or explore a vision or whatever. That's where you do the practice work, and then later on you, you can translate that easily, or well, semi-easily, into your tattooing. But, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to practice on skin first, that's just really not going about it, um, you know, uh, very ethically, honestly. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I think that a lot of times it happens that way, though. You know, some artists, they're, they're, maybe the preparation isn't there and as far as like colors go or thing, things like that. And you end up kind of picking that shit on the fly and mm-hmm. Hey, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And what a you know good opportunity we have to do that, you know, prior to sure. jumping on the skin. So you're right. You're absolutely sure, right in, in using those tools that we have available. So now you, you made something, you mentioned to me that you're not charging for teaching art anymore. Talk about that a little bit and, and uh, how you well, came to that decision. I don't know. I, I'd say, if I were to be honest, I, um, you know, I, I, I've been teaching at, say, um, retreats and conventions for the past um, uh, at least four years, maybe longer. I'm not sure. Um, and usually it can be a pretty lucrative thing. But I think um, oftentimes, and, and I'd be pointing to name names, and it's really people, they have their own things differently. But I started to notice that many artists who were tattooers, who were giving these seminars, um, had a minimum number of people who would, they would teach to. So if they didn't do it, they would kind of just tell everyone who had signed up, we're not going to do this. And um, so it was multifaceted, this is one part of it. But I, I started to see that um, there was kind of a disparity between how I felt we should handle ourselves, especially as, as say, not that I'm a leader in the industry, but especially as someone who's looked to as someone, someone of a mentor, mm-hmm. we, we, have a, uh, we have a responsibility to teach not to make money teaching. Now, there's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with um, you honed your craft, so you might as well get paid for it. That's great, but I remember one time um, I got to meet Lyle Tuttle once, which um, for all of us, that's a varying degrees of awesomeness or whatever. Then he pokes his head into a room to grab a uh, projector that I've been using and said, how many people showed up? And this, I, was, I was teaching in the St. Louis Convention, which was kind of a long place for me to be teaching, just insofar as my style. And I said, well, only a couple of people showed up. And he's like, well, if even one person shows up, we have to teach, you know, because this person, they want to learn and they want to be better. And it's just sort of like, you have to remember, uh, not just who you are, but who the people are who want to learn from you. So anyway, that kind of stuck in my craw. Like, well, what do I want to say about myself, the industry, as far as a teacher? And, um, you know, so that was one half of it. And then another half of it is I, um, had a couple of coworkers who decided to start um, doing charcoal work and like doing reproduction portraiture and stuff like that. And when they were used, they were able to walk through using, let's say, my method or, or my thought process and, and come out with this amazing piece of art uh, to see them light up and to see the pride and to see all that. It really struck home. I was like, that's that's actually what I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy who um, helps somebody else succeed in life. Um, and I wrestled with it for a long time. It was actually kind of a, a, a thing because I, you know, speaking of tattoo now, I, I, I work for, I do, uh, oftentimes I do conventions where um, the, the the convention, the organizers are getting a cut of what I would charge to teach. But I asked um, uh, who I would consider a friend, Gabriel Ripley, um, that uh, runs tattoo now and off the map. I asked him, are you cool with me not charging for, teaching anymore your events and said yeah man go for it and it was just like a huge weight off my shoulders and um you know 
I'm going to be 42 this year, uh, next week actually, and uh, my my midlife crisis has more to do with um, deciding what my legacy is going to be, and I would rather have a legacy of um, artists who are inspired or taught or in some way moved than have a pocket full of money, if that makes sense. Absolutely it does, and uh, you know, know, if you're comfortable with it, talk a little bit about that, man. I'm the same age, I'll be 42 in October, and um, you know really having to sit back and look at, you know, my tattooing as well and my goals and what I want to accomplish. And when I think we get to this, a point in our lives, and I think every artist or person gets there where you have to really take a hard look at things. And was there something that, that led up to that? Or was it just kind of like, well, shit, man, I I've done these things and kind of cruising along and I want to mix it up. How, how did you get to that point? In, well, in you know, there was a, there was a lot to it. Um, as tattooers, and I'm sure you're aware, there's this, um, there's a lot of ways to go about your career. And mine was, okay, I need to somehow prove myself worthy enough to get into X conventions or to work at this shop, to a guest spot with this famous artist and sort of a way of uh, validating who I was as a tattooer or as an artist. And um, I remember a turning point when um, a convention promoter who uh, I had done the convention several times previous or talked to, I can't remember exactly what happened, but um, I got sort of um, uh, backburnered to still doing the thing and still being featured, but sort of um, uh, not the not the, the main event kind of guy anymore. And it was a really hard blow um, to my ego. And I, I can admit that because I, I, I put so much stock into okay, if I'm doing all this stuff, it means I'm something and that everyone likes me and all this crap. And what it really came down to is I had to stop and be like, no, dude, like, you're still on the cover of a magazine this month and stuff like that. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but it, it, it was shocking to see how much I had uh, tied up my own self-worth as an artist into getting accolades and praise. And so I, I really, I kind of, once I saw that, I was I saw that that was just a big chasm of, Oh my gosh, you gotta you gotta unravel this thing here, you know. So, I um I started to ask myself, so what is it you're gonna do? You know, are you gonna are you gonna rely on money to tell you how uh, some 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 teaching and rely on that to tell you how important you are to the industry? Are you gonna do whatever? And I just decided like uh, the joy I get from helping people is so much more important to me uh, personally and spiritually, um and and than than anything else and um. So, you know, I, I made, I made the, I just made the declaration, like, let's do this. Because what I found is that, is, let's say I was painting at an event and um, a random uh, person came up and wanted to pick my brain for three hours. Typically, I would just sit there and talk the entire time, um, completely open about my methods, my thoughts, my ideologies, and all that. But somehow, if I was to step behind a closed door, I had to, I was supposed to hold out my hand for money. It, it just didn't make any sense, you know. Um, so I found that I was already teaching for free all the time. So why not just, you know, take it a step further, you know? What's so. been the what's been the response from not only the the folks that you're you're teaching, but from the promoters? Obviously Gabe didn't have a problem with it, but as you're moving in that direction, what's been the response from the industry? Well, I think I think as far as like let's say from the promoter side, um the promoters usually it seems like these days are just offering these um uh, other like uh, what would you call it? Um, professional development seminars where people teach about tattooing or they teach about color theory, whatever. I think they're they're including these because they know there is a demand, and I, I actually don't think that they're overly concerned about the money aspect. I think they just like to have 
uh, more recognizable names uh, doing this because it, sometimes you get people who come to these uh, seminars who aren't tattooers. They're artists from the local area. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they're bringing to them, which uh, let's face it, the bottom line for for a promoter is somebody they need to they need to make their ends meet, and you know I mean it has to be profitable or hopefully profitable because it is a business venture on some level. As much as we like to think it's altruistic, there is a business element to all this. Sure. Um, so I, I think to them, they don't really care as long as uh, it's, you know, if, if I'm treating it as a positive, I'm treating it like, hey, man, let's all learn what I know. And then when I learn more, I'll teach you more. As long as we're, if I'm approaching it as a positive, then I think they see it as a positive. And um, I think uh, as far as my peers and um, people who maybe aren't at yours but, but follow me in that regard, I think they uh, it's been really well received because they we're not used to getting things for free. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and the things we usually get for free almost always have a hook, you know, and I think that we're kinda taken aback. But uh, most of the people that know me uh, know that uh, even even clients, I'm more than willing to talk about any aspect of, of what I do fairly openly. Obviously there's um, certain aspects of tattooing that I kind of only talk with the tattooers because it's it's a uh, it's a trade, you know, I don't need mm-hmm. to uh, necessarily teach everyone who buys a machine somewhere online or whatever. I don't even teach them how to tattoo. Um, but but I think it's been really overwhelmingly positive. And I think uh, to me, it's given me um, personally and maybe spiritually, it's given me um, courage and strength to segue into even a better version of myself, uh, mm-hmm. not only as an artist, but as a mentor and as a person, you know, so. Isn't that the, isn't that the goal, man? We, you know, become better versions of ourselves. And, and I think it's, you know, I mean, I keep saying on, on the podcast, but we're in an exciting time in tattooing. I, I believe it, man. You know, we are yeah. at a time where the sky's the limit, you know, for, for design, for, you know, advancements with technology and, and tools of the trade. So, you know, man, it's, it's fucking awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's such a it cool, is. uh, and we can, as artists, you know, and, and as business people, we can choose to take, you know, those different aspects of our, of our game. And maybe you don't monetize that p- certain portion of it anymore, but that pushes something else that is going to, you know, um, take that revenue, you know, maybe that's going to push your tattooing. More people will be interested in you because they're coming to your seminar now for free. They get interested mm-hmm. in your tattooing and it pushes your tattooing or, you yeah, know, sure. or, you know what? completely. There's also, go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead. I would say there's also the idea of like, like you said, we're, um, we're working on ourselves as a whole. So not an artist, but to me, like, let's say, I mean, you've done commissions and you've done uh, guest spots and you know, there's always this sort of underlying sort of uh, lurking aspect of, well, I got to make my money back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, these days, man, they hold they hold conventions at five star resorts. You're looking at uh, the trip costing you a couple grand. So, what if somehow you were just to at least eliminate some of this uh, need for this money thing, uh, and you could actually instead of do instead of waiting to get paid and wanting to count that money, you were able to uh, count how many good conversations you had and mm-hmm. count how many people you actually had a real fucking moment with. And to me. Uh, the reward there, obviously, the reward is uh, people like your work, I and mean, they're probably, you know, being altruistic, you're you're going to have just a a, a good of a path of moving forward as someone who isn't. But I think the, the the true reward comes is that you can actually see tattooing as less of a job, mm-hmm. teaching as less of a job, and more of a what we should do as is this is our 
I don't want to say lifestyle, but this is our this is our thing, dude. This is like day in day out. I'm I'm a tattooer and I'm a painter and I'm all that. And like if I eliminate some of the stress of the it needing to be a financial situation, then man, my life is all smiles, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a it's such a it's such a difficult thing, you know, to um to do. I think a lot of times because you know in in this day and age, man, we're it's it's pushed, you know, it's pushed by by money, and mm-hmm. there's so many people now in tattooing that that is that is their their goal. And you know what? I can't fault them, man. Everybody's got bills, everybody's got responsibilities, yeah. and 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to do oh, it. I, but I agree with you. you can also do it in a in in a good way and with a positive attitude. And I think that's what's cool to me, Ian, is is for me to see that you are constantly changing up what you're doing and you, you're having a positive attitude about it. And you're saying, all right, well, let me take this thing. That's maybe me. That's making me feel this way. And I want to flip it. And I want to make, you know, make it something that's more positive in my own life, which fuck man, that's only going to push your, your other artistic ventures, you know? No, it does. And, um, uh, you know, I had a really cool discussion. I got to, uh, I was honored to be a part of a discussion panel at the, uh, um, the Paradise Artist Retreat, which happened about a month ago in uh, New Mexico. And I was on this discussion panel with, um, it was led by Gogway. Um, and we had, um, who do we have there? Hannah Atchison, um, Damon Conklin, Tony Moore, Chet Zarr, um, Pepper Spicy, myself, and I don't know, somebody else. But anyways, I was up there, honored to be up there with these amazing artists who I've admired for years. And they're all amazing people, which is even better. Um, and the discussion came about of how much of ourselves we divulge in our arts, which means sort of like how much of you is, is revealed in your tattoos, you as a person. And um, if you think about a person who is, say, really good at tattooing, but really in their own personal life or their own, their own, in their own way really suffering in a lot of ways, um, that's going to come through. But what if you were able to make it in such a way that you were you are happy a lot or, or in good spirits, and then how much of that would come through in the arts? And it's just, it's just, you think about it, you think about, man, like, what if I was divulging happiness? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, it reflects, I think, in better arts and more positive arts. I don't think all art needs to be positive. Dark art is great, you know, really, you know, okay, satanic arts, awesome, whatever. But I think the point being is that um, uh, if you as a person is more, you're more secure in the products you're putting out, and you're happier in general with yourself and the art you're already putting out, then all around the the client who obviously is you often forget is the most important aspect of all this, the client is actually gonna be much happier, you know? Right. Yeah. It's I agree. I agree, man. You know, we've all feen felt it as tattooers. If you've been tattooing it, you know, any any length of time, you know, you've had those clients come in and whether you're doing a memorial piece or, you know, something that is reminding them of of an incredible happy time, but you feel those vibes coming off. You know, I've, mm-hmm. we've, we've, I'm sure you've had it. I've had it. People cry in the chair. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a very emotion. It can be a very emotional um, moment in people's lives. And if and I think we need to be intentional about our, you know, dealing with that. And, sure. um, you know, not everyone is going to, not every tattoo that you do is going to be um, that way, but, Having having, yeah, the, you know, th- having that intention that, is good. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that uh, um, you, know, you hit on something that, that that's very very dear to me, and insofar as what I try to keep in mind and what I try to tell coworkers, and and, and I, I work with a great bunch of people, by the way. But 
Um, I, I try to always stress the importance of understanding that um, we all might be striving to do this really cool stuff. I might want to do realistic portraits all day long to show off what I can do it. But at the end of the day, that say a, a piece of skip to deal with somebody is just as relevant and just as important and, and probably just as like meaningful to the client, to the collector as anything else. And I think so, um, like you said, like somebody comes in, they want a memorial piece and maybe they don't want it. This huge affair where it's the main event and, and it's this amazing thing. Maybe they just want something very simple. And as artists, we're, we're used to working with our egos and kind of showing off. So it can be kind of a bummer, but we're, we're, we're getting actually presented with a very amazing opportunity mm-hmm. to help somebody, to help someone heal, to not only that, but to maybe examine ourselves a bit and kind of, uh, you know, just, just kind of have a meaningful interaction, even if it isn't us showing off how good we are. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, you know, the, you're showing off in front of that client at the very minimum, you know, regardless, they can't tattoo uh, most likely if they're, um, they may be a tattooer getting tattooed by you, but, um, you know, we can show off to them every day, you know, whether you're doing a minuscule little tattoo or you're doing a, a, a grand bodysuit, you know, I think it's, um, the sentiment behind what you're saying and, and being intentional about our actions, it comes, it, it can come through in, in, in any, fo- in any form doing e- that small sure. tattoo or that big tattoo. But, um, you know, it's, we're mark, we're marking these little moments. That's something Lyle Tuttle told me. And I'm, I'm sure he said it to many, many people, you know, we mark this story of our life with these little moments, these little tattoos mm-hmm. that, that we get throughout, um, these, these things that, uh, are important to us. You know, we want to remember yeah, you know, something. I, um, I remember years ago, probably um, four years ago, in kind of a, I don't want to say a shameful moment, but I remember uh, uh, was kind of seeing this person and I remember coming home and, and being like, oh man, I had to do this like silly conjure there. I was just kind of griping about doing something basic or whatever. And she basically said like, shame on you, Ian. Like that might be the most meaningful thing that has happened to that person in the whole life so far. And it might be the most meaningful tattoo they ever get. And that will be with them until they're done. So, you know, shame on you for not treating it that way. Put shit in perspective, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got tattooed recently. I, I dig it, man. It's the the piece by Wat, Watson Atkinson, who's fucking oh, one yeah. of my favorite tattooers, too, man. I, I met that guy a couple years ago at the artist uh, Paradise um, artist retreat in Colorado when I first met you as well. And, um, you know, what a cool fucking tattooer that guy is. What a cool spirit he is. Um, no, you know, I, uh, I, I, I couldn't, and, and I hate to grandstand here, but I, I, I could not speak, uh, higher, more highly of Watson. I think, um, you know, if I could kind of relate the story to you real quick, I, uh, I was out of the retreat and, and this recently this retreat and I, I of course had met Watson on the same event you did, but he was a bit too I wasn't receptive to him quite because he was so on a different wavelength. I didn't I couldn't quite hundred percent see him or him because mm-hmm. I was trying to I was kinda of clouded um by his message rather than seeing him, you know. So anyway, it's fast forward a couple of years and I've been going through a lot of personal stuff and um, we were at the Paradise Arts Retreat, um, which is just an art-driven thing. It's not a, uh, it's not a tattooing event, but I, I saw Watson, and he, he really greeted me warmly. And I um, asked him if he had his equipment because I wanted something small. And one of the most, uh, out of the blue, he offered me one of the most. Um, after I've been getting tattooed for 24 years now, I think, 
she offered me um, one of the, the, the most amazing moments of my life in which she said, well, no, Ian, how about this? How about we go down to the Rio Grande tomorrow, Ian, and a couple people and you, and we, we greet the sunrise and we hand poke each other. So see, there's no money, just friends. And it was like I'd never even considered that tattooing could be that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like I'd never had someone be so kind to me. Uh, it was just a kindness. Uh, and so we, we did this thing, which is not the, not the tattoo I have on my forehead, but we did this sort of handbook stuff. But it was um, one of the most real and human and amazing moments I've ever had in my whole life, just me and um, the Prince Ty. Um, Ty is an amazing, super awesome guy as well. Um, and these guys, I mean, we're talking like hugs and love and tattooing and, and realness and dropping the who's who and the you know, this sort of ego nonsense. And to me, it is uh, probably the most significant tattoo I've ever received in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Watson was just, um, I could not push the guy more for the industry because I think he's offering something very genuine. And uh, it was funny, we had like a two minute conversation in which he almost talked me out of doing realism, <laughs> <laughs> which is insane to think about. And if I can paraphrase him without uh, just going on and on here, which which I've known to do, um, he said, you know, Ian, when you do a good portrait, um, people can walk up to that client and be like, wow, look at that portrait on your arm. He's like, what I started to do is have people walk up to the client and be like, wow, look at you. Mm-hmm. You're the, you know what I mean? Like, you're the subject, not the tattoo subject. And I was just like, I, I was staggering to think, wait, hold on. Um, wow. I never even considered ornamental tattooing in that regard. And it's a very... Now, now it, I, I spent time with him, and it was a an amazing time. Um, I'm starting to see like how much ornamental tattooing, uh, and and obviously I've been aware of ornamental tattooing. There's stuff coming out of like a, like a, you know, like little swastika and um, dots and lines, and all these guys doing this amazing geometric work. I, I'd only seen that as sort of a precision-based art, mm-hmm. not an adornment-based art, you know. And uh, when my eyes opened finally, I was like, wow, this is. This is interesting. We're making humans suddenly ten feet tall and like sort of like royalty by making just doing this adornment rather than doing a portrait of Elvis or something, you know? Right. Um, right. So yeah, man, I, I didn't mean to step all over you there, but uh, but I could I could go on and on about Watson and and all the people he's involved with. Yeah. Um, no, I love it, man. You didn't at all. It's it's something that I agree with as far as the that idea that. Um, Black work has been something that I've been into for since the beginning of my tattoo career. You know, looking at um, the Tattoo Times stuff, you know, the the articles that were in the Tattoo Times stuff about um, Leo back in the day and, and even the sure. stuff that Ed was doing, you know, mixing in and, you know, big black sections and tribal-esque stuff with snakes, you know or dragons and and shit like that. So I love it, man. And I think that's what's a, it's what's appealing and what comes through in Watson's work so much to me is that it is, it, it, I mean, it's, it's the perfect way of saying it. I, I'm adorning them or I'm making them the, the, what's, uh, what's spectacular about this tattoo is it's how it's placed on the body. And that, that person is now the piece of art. Um, yeah, no, you're making you're making the wearer um, the subject, yeah. not not the arm that has a cool piece on it. Which doesn't mean I don't like I, you know I haven't jumped ship. I, I love what I do. <laughs> um, I love working within my vision. Um, and I actually I actually you know to be to frank and uh, to be to be open about it, I actually asked Watson about somewhat of a mentorship with him. 
because he was presenting me with a not only not only just a, a way of tattooing or a way of approaching an aesthetic that a, a look of things or even a technical approach, he was able to um, foster within me the idea that maybe maybe there were other um, things I hadn't explored that were actually very vast. You know, the, a human adornment goes back thousands of years. You know, mm-hmm. whereas say, a portrait on somebody goes back probably less than a hundred. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just interesting. And then, then, you know, he came out to Colorado about a week later, um, and I was able to get my forehead down, which is something I had been avoiding. I've had my face tattooed for about 11 years. And uh, when I found out he was coming through, I just, it just seemed right. I was like, we, we go ahead and finish off my face. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say sight unseen, but I didn't have any input whatsoever. I wanted to done him white because, contrary to popular belief, if you do white tattoos really well, you know how to, you know how to approach it. They can look amazing. I saw Ty, Ty Van, his, uh, his uh, apprentice and, and sort of uh, cohort. Um, he has three-year healed white work on his face that is pristine white. And um, so these guys, are, these guys are breaking all the rules, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least the rules that I thought we had to adopt and, and put out there. And so anyways, he came out and did my tattoo. And it, was, um, it had nothing to do with looking good. It had nothing to do with uh, anything other than I love these guys. I, I, I found a love in me for, I don't want to sound hokey or too much of a hippie, um, uh, but I, I found that I could actually love other people that I barely even knew simply by accepting like, oh man, you're great. Wait, wait, I'm great too. How cool is this? You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, and, and so these guys were actually part of a, somewhat of a spiritual awakening for me too. Um, and uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stress more, uh, how amazing that weekend was, and the subsequent visit out here in Denver uh, by those guys it was just uh, life-changing. And I, I hate to throw out buzzwords like that, but that's you know that's about as succinct as I could be about it. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's wonderful to have those moments in our lives where we have these these big breakthroughs, whether that's artistically, spiritually, physically, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you made mention about breaking. You know, these guys breaking the rules and the rules that you thought we had to live by. How do you balance that in today's tattooing, you know, being open to breaking those rules and not going so far that, you know, it compromises the integrity of the work? Well, I think, you know, ultimately, I think, um, and it's something I tell everyone all the time. I, I think I borrowed this phrase from either like, uh, maybe I didn't borrow it from anyone, but maybe I paraphrase somebody in that our, our number one, uh, the number one thing we have to do as tattooers um, is make something that looks good, period. Mm-hmm. That's, and to me, that's like the end of it because it is a piece of art. It's going to be on somebody. It's got to be a positive thing. So uh, towards that, yes, we can all make something that looks good now. But towards that end, it should be something that looks good in a few years. And I think there are some sort of um, unbreakable rules in a way in that like, you know, let's say we're going to do just a, a straight up all color tattoo um, I personally think that if it's going to veer towards realism, um, that you need to have low ends. You know, you don't have to have black. I don't think it's we need to get rid of that idea that black is somehow holding ink around. <laughs> it's just not. Um, but like a low end, like a low, like most blacks. You don't even realize this. You know, I'm sure some people do, but most blacks are either purple or blue concentrate. It's not even black. It's not even a real thing. It's a. You take a drop of, uh, say, um, let me think of a good example here. Kingpin makes a thing called the one. And uh, you take a drop of that and you put it in water, and I believe the one is a purple concentrate. So it looks black, but it is not, it's not black. It's not just like absolute darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the color. It's like anything else. Um, so so how, do, how do artists become comfortable 
um, pushing the boundaries, breaking the so-called rules. Well, I think number one thing is not only um, slowly go about experimenting here and there in your tattooing, but I think that the most important thing, dude, is uh, being aware, being, being really aware of how that turned out, being aware of how does your work come back, um, being aware of, okay, I'm seeing this other person over here doing this thing. I saw it online. It looks amazing. And I thought I could mention it. It looks this way. You know, did that idea, did that route, did that, did that, did that pan out? And I think... Ultimately, as tattoos, we're talking about something that's put into the body and peeled out, and then it has to age. That's the ultimate, you know, decider. Um, the ultimate, did this work? Um, so if we're talking about just like the app, the application of pigment and how it's going to peel out, I think you know, time and, and awareness are the main thing. Um, but I think you know, I think if we look at say like design aspects, someone who's doing something that's just outside what we would consider even Maybe even aesthetically pleasing, like a, like a Grisha Maslov, if you're familiar with him. Um, he's a, a Russian guy who, for years, I think on, even on Ink Nation years ago, he was a guy who was doing large-scale abstract work on people's skin, just like jagged lines and stuff going down people's bodies. And, of course, uh, to, the, to the untrained eye, you know, oh, this is, this is crap. What the hell is that? But here's a guy who probably spent the last, I don't, I don't know how long he's been testing, but let me, let me just guess at 10 years. He's a guy who's stuck by his vision for 10 years, and actually, it's probably has more integrity in his vision and his approach and his final product than 90% of the tattooers out there, because the guy is sticking with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how do how does he break the boundaries? Well, he does stuff that maybe doesn't look good, <laughs> but it looks good if that's what you wanted. Um, you know, insofar as like say. Uh, uh, you know, Watson doing white tattoos that look good. Well, he probably learned the best way to do the white tattoos and then was able to watch how they aged. So he knows. Like, the stuff he did on me is, is amazing. And uh, so there you go. You know, proof is in the pudding as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's something that I spoke with uh, <clears throat> a couple couple shows ago. I spoke with Jack Rudy, and we talked about, and it's a kind of a theme that, that I've talked to some other guys about as well, but talked about knowing those boundaries, knowing those guidelines for whatever particular medium that you're in. If you know the guidelines of, I have this particular canvas, I have these particular tools, this is what I you know, can do, well, that allows you, and you're comfortable with that, allows you that opportunity to then expand those, sure. move away from those to a certain direction, one way or the other, and not get mm-hmm. so far away because you know the standard, you know what, why yeah. things look good a certain way, and and uh, I guess knowing the why, so you can you know approach the 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 process. Um, yeah, I guess preparation. It all boils back down to preparation. Yeah, you know, I um I have an I have an apprentice. He's a, a really good friend of mine. Who after I would say six years, eight years of knowing me, you know, six years of knowing me, he finally got up to gumption to ask for an apprenticeship, and uh, the other guy. And we were actually walking yesterday, and I said, I hope you realize, like, I mean, I'm teaching about a tattoo, dude, but by and large, uh, you know, everyone actually tattoos differently. You know, we all know that, say, when you're using this needle configuration, uh, you kind of have to do things this way. There's sort of a set way of doing things, you know, a liner. By and large, has to be used this way. Mag has to be used this way. By and large, obviously, there's, there's people who, you know, kind of squirm around within there. And but I said, but by but at the end of the day, you're probably going to teach yourself more about your tattooing than I ever will, 
I will teach at the foundations. And I and with him, we're just doing. He's been painting and uh, drawing for the past year and a half. He hasn't picked up a machine at all. Um, because I'm teaching him how to be a good artist. You know, mm-hmm. I can teach anyone how to tattoo. I can teach anyone how to throw down a kanji. But I can't teach everyone how to paint well unless they really give into it, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I'm kind of reverse engineering the guy. I'm trying to teach him how to be a good artist first. And then we'll teach him the actual specifics of a new tool, which is the tattoo machine and ink and all that later. But, but like you said, there, you know, there are boundaries to getting willy nilly on the skin. You know, you can't work a square inch for three hours and, and hope it's going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to make hamburger and that's what the customer is going to end up with, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'd say push your boundaries for sure. But, and, and especially like say in art, like you want to become a better portraitist. Well, why don't you push those boundaries on paper first and then push them on the mm-hmm. so. Yeah. You know, it seems like I mentioned before, you're always kind of, you're doing that within your career is pushing those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You had a cool opportunity to, to be a guest editor recently with, uh, for Tattoo Master Magazine. How, yeah. how was that? How did it come about? Have you ever edited before? What was that experience you like know, for you, man? Because these are the new I, things that artists are having opportunities to do. And these new, um, you got to step outside the box. I can, I can imagine that's a whole new, that's a whole new, that's another business model, you know? Yeah, it, you know, it, it is completely. And, um, you know, and so how did I get into it? Well, I think uh, back a long time ago when I was a bit more outspoken and probably uh, a bit more, negative about everything in the world um i was often asked to do like uh small like uh write-ups for magazines and whatever and i think they were just hoping for that sensational kind of like you know telling how it is you know and i eventually realized that's what i was being contracted for so i quit doing that but what i found um how it all came about is i started doing um uh tutorials for magazines like how to do this art over here mostly it was all art driven like because i I, I kind of came up when I first started being like this sort of painter tattooer uh, and so far as like doing realism and working with oils, there weren't a whole lot of us out there. I'm sure there were tons of people who did this for the past decades, you know, but, but those of us who were showcasing this art, there wasn't a whole lot of us. So I started doing um, tutorials because I don't know. I liked, I liked it. I liked teaching. I liked telling how I did it. Um, I, I, I know some artists who are, they're, they're banking off the idea. They're, they're selling secrets. Well, they, they, they figured out how to paint 400 years ago. You know? <laughs> right. we're, not, we're not reinventing anything. And they figured out color theory probably even longer ago. So uh, those of us who are merely sort of disseminating this information that we maybe like a, in, a, in a more concentrated form, you know, that we, we have this amazing opportunity to kind of make our industry better. If I can make, if I can make a bunch of tattooers better artists, I've made my industry better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's largely irrelevant whether or not because then, because then when they're better then I'm like holy moly look what this guy's doing I better get better too Yeah. Um, so anyways I started doing a lot of uh, tutorials um, and so the guy I deal with um, Trent uh, he I first worked with him with Skin Deep Magazine got a feature with him years ago and uh, and then I did a couple tutorials um, did a tutorial for uh, Tattoo Artist Magazine which is one of the my own personal biggest achievements I've ever done um, because I, I grew up in a time when that magazine was so super exclusive. And so it was to me, it was like, oh, did you made it? You know? And uh, those guys are great. Um, but anyway, uh, so Trent asked me at some point, and I think we hit it off. I think he understood um, that I care about the industry and I care about arts and I care about 
things. I care about integrity. I care about people um, trying to be good for this thing, not just being, you know, vultures, trying to get all the money they can. I, I think I believe in a, in a persistence of vision in, in that, um, you know, like, like in a business model, let's say you want to open a business where you write out your, you write out your, um, what do they call that? It's just like your, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember the, name, the word for it, but it's where you say, this is what we stand for. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe I've tried to do that every step of the way for myself. And sometimes it changes. You know, we're like, oh, you used to do stand for this. Now you stand for this. Well, we need to be flexible. Sure. But anyways, uh, Trent, uh, said, you know, you know, I like to give you this issue of this magazine. And of course I was thrown away. Um, because not only did it, um, give me a chance to step onto a larger stage as far as doing, um, but it also gave me a chance to maybe interview some people like, uh, Alvin Chong and some people who I think are amazing that maybe just aren't getting, uh, the attention they deserve. And then, you know, Joe, there's, there's probably like a thousand artists out there who are freaking amazing that yours will probably deserve more than they're getting, you know, but obviously there's only so much, uh, there's only so many publications, there's only so much uh, world stage that these people can share. Mm-hmm. But so for me, it was a chance to um, kind of get a select group of people. I think I think I think we did some of Gabe in there as well, um, where I say these people not only help me, but I think they're inspiring as far as the tattoo industry. Um, and you know, I don't. I'm not always guys that believes in a lot of uh, oh, you're a non-tattooer, you don't belong in the industry. I don't believe in that kind of nonsense at all. I think that anyone who's looking out for the industry. Even if they are making a small amount of profit off of it, good for them. They're looking out for the industry. We need more people like that. And so that guy Gabriel, who um, God, I mean, God, he he has the three off-the-map locations. There's the Paradise Gathering, Paradise Arts Retreat. There's so much for artists, and he's a non-tattooer. I don't see how we can rectify or how we can say, oh, non-tattooers are not good for the industry. But look at this guy, Gabriel Ripley, who's just done so much for so many. You know. So, anyways, I had a chance to, to bring him in, and uh, we did. It was something I wish I could do more of. I wish I could do more magazines. I wish I could do more on that because it. Uh, I guess I, I guess I'm come on somewhat of a soapboxer. I like to talk about my ideas. And I like to um, talk to other people about their ideas. I think there's more to tattooing than simply being a good tattooer. Mm-hmm. That those days of being just a hotshot tattooer. Uh, and and getting by and begin and somehow getting to the top of the ladder. I think those days are over, man. I think that uh, we all need to be a bit more multifaceted uh, and actually have a voice and actually have semi good behavior with each other. And you know, so um, but no, it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing, and it's uh, when that when that happened, I I, I guess I sort of realized that kind of most mostly just everything I'd wanted to do in this industry I'd done. So. Now it's time to focus on something else. And obviously now I'm focusing on teaching and things like that. So it's really fun, man. Really cool, really cool experiences. Each one of these things I'm sure that you do, you know, feeds your other stuff like we spoke about, feeds the other creative ventures. That's a creative thing that you can that expands your mind in a different way, expands your creativity in a different way. And so, man, take advantage, you know, is as artists, we need to take advantage of those opportunities. If you, if you can yeah, do something man. that is outside your wheelhouse, fucking do it, you but know, it, shoot. You know, and, and, and Joe say, you know, so for, uh, I think three years ago, I remember, uh, maybe even longer, I contacted, uh, probably Ryan at Sullen, you know? And I said, I thought, you know, at the time, whatever it was, I probably thought I was kind of hot shot, you know, and I was like, hey, I'd like to do a shirt for you guys. And he was kind of like the very super polite. Well, get in line. 
know, and more or less send us some stuff. You know, I think for a couple of years I didn't send anything because I kind of probably with my ego was like, uh, whatever that, you know. And then later on, I developed a sort of rapport with uh, Ryan and, and um, Jeremy and those guys. And once again, approached the idea with a fresh new approach was, okay, why don't you work on some stuff for us, dude? And so, and eventually I was able, they were, they actually, um, you know, did a shirt for me, which is huge to me. It was a huge thing. But it came down to, and, I, and I'd like to express this to anyone who's listening as an artist, that's not the goal. The goal isn't to get the shirt. The goal is to work with these guys. The goal is to strive to do something better, to make something that stand out. But the goal is, that the path is the goal, not the end of the path. Does that right. make sense? You know what I mean? It's 100% so, um, makes sense, man. That's good. I like how you said that. The path is the goal. It is. I mean, you can you can climb a mountain and you get to the top of it and the mountain, say, being having a being a star. That's fucking amazing. And rarefied air in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, being able to not only get to that shirt, but to have these guys see you as somebody worthwhile, have other people look up to you to be able to inspire people. That, like I said, I don't want to repeat myself, but that that's actually what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, not not that, that having a shirt is some sort of like lesser thing. It's super amazing. And I and obviously leads to other things. Like I get to talk to you, and I get to be, um, you know, get to be a part of uh, some of the solar events and stuff like that. To me, that's uh, you know, there's there's a whole other thing going on here, but there's um, there's such a wing, and there's these different like wheels that are turning, these different mm-hmm. cogs of this gigantic machine. And you find out that say like Gabriel Ripley is sort of his cog. Uh, there's always amazing people involved with it. And so if you get involved with those guys, you get to meet the, the good people. And, you, and I, I've come to find out that so many people who are sort of at the top are the people who are the, the movers and shakers. So many of these people are actually really amazing humans. You, know, you strip away the, 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 the power or the control, or you, you strip away how good of a Porsche you can do or how, much, how many cars you have. You strip it down. And it seems like one of the common denominators is that the people who are really at the top of all this are actually fairly decent people, which is, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's cool, man. I've seen that as well. You know, I've seen the, the people that, and, and heard it, you know, I, I talked to, I mean, shit at this point I've done with my old podcast, I did, I think close to 70, probably recorded closer to a hundred interviews. And with this, wow. you know, this is going to be episode 29, um, of just this show. And, Everybody, if you run down the list of people that I've had on this show, it's it's all world class people, and it's for an artist awesome. and a tattooer, it's so fun for me to to talk to these folks and and you know be creative with what I'm doing with this thing and and um, yeah, man, and 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 hard work and being a nice person and positivity has been something that is a, a running theme. You know, all these folks yeah. that have all these guests that I've had on, that's. That's the two things that the positivity and hard work are the biggest things that they say have yeah. taken them to yeah. a new level with their work. Yeah, you know, and it was cool um, from my perspective about what you're doing is that um, sometimes it's hard to remember that uh, all these big name tattooers, they're just a bunch of regular jackoffs like everyone else. You know what right. I mean? Like, just regular dudes. And for you to step in and say, well, what, what, what do you think about this? What do you do and what? It, it provides you a very unique opportunity for, um, say, up-and-coming artists or tattoo collectors or anyone who's just randomly tuning in to be like, oh, wait, these are regular people just like me. And yeah. they have problems and they have aspirations and they have likes and dislikes. And it's, you're providing something that uh, is invaluable because it's, it's, 
you're pulling back the curtain a little bit. And when you do that to somebody who's larger than life, and you find out that they're amazing too as a person, then it, it just makes everything I think so much more positive and better. You know, I uh, uh, quickly saw out there uh, uh, Jeff Lagway did a uh, seminar at the retreat recently, where he kind of just said like, "Look, everybody, I'm just like you. I have my my good days and my bad days and my wants and desires. And at the end of the, at the end of the day, I'm Jeff. I'm not Jeff Lagway. I'm Jeff." And I just couldn't believe the overwhelming positive response I could see in the crowd because they were just like, oh, really? Holy shit. You're, you're like me? You know? <laughs> and we, we lose sight of that, dude. I mean, I, I'm the guy that if I meet someone, there's people, holy shit, there's people like, uh, I, I've been blessed that a lot of people I wanted to meet were nice enough to come talk to me at shows. But boy, there's people like, say, like, um, I, I still haven't actually shaken like Jeff Butcher's hand. I gave him Butcher's hand because I'm still so starstruck by the guy. <laughs> I'll see him and I'll just like nod and I'll like kind of scurry away at a show. He's a normal guy and nice, but I'm just like, oh, crap, he's looking at me. I'm out of here. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? So it, even people who are, say, used to going to shows and, and kind of being able to have conversations with people who are are, are, are that top tier, um, I, I definitely uh, been able to shake a lot of these guys' hands. Um, even, even I am susceptible to the idea that these people are larger than mine. You know? mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And that's the, that's the fun thing for me is I get to try to, you know, figure out a way to see what they're into. And yeah, I want, this is a, this is about tattooing. This podcast is, is art based and, and, you know, it falls in line with the, with the sullen motto of being art driven. And, um, at the top of that is of, of that filter is tattooing, but you know what? if somebody's into hot rods or they're into hiking or they're into this or that, um, I think the people that are interested in those folks and in my guests, the people who are the stars of the show are, uh, they want to hear that, man. They want to know that they want to know that that sure. person that, that Jack Rudy is, you know, into cars and, and, and what, you know, what, what his new, what he would do to this new car if he, if he had the money, you know, or uh-huh. they want to know, um, how, Ricky boy spends his weekends with his family or, you know, all these different things, you know, um, I think it's a cool fucking medium to be involved with right now. I think it's going to continue to grow. And, um, you know, if I can encourage anybody, you know, to reach out to me, let me know what you guys want to hear the listeners. I want to, I want to put out kind of shit that, that you guys want to hear. So if you have questions, you have comments, you want to just hit me up and say, Hey, I would like to hear this dude, or I want to hear this from this guy. Hit me up. You can do that right at sullenradio.com. The question, everything page comes right to my phone. It's right to my email. Um, so you hit me up, let me know what you, uh, what you guys want to hear and, um, who you want to hear from. I have, I, trust me, dude. I have questions too. I, I should write in the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, do it. I, I, I want to know how Rich Benito is so fucking nice and so fucking awesome. Oh my God! Right, <laughs> that dude is a is the, a sweetheart. Yeah. Yep. Oh, just yeah, an absolute, an absolute like gem. And I'm like, what, dude? Like, oh my gosh, you're so nice and you're so famous and you're so nice. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. But no, dude, that's, you, you provide such a good thing for for those of us because you lose sight, man, and you, you lose even as an artist, you get so encapsulated in your career and your tattoos and people looking over your shoulder and how many likes you're getting on Instagram, you forget that, uh, although you will have your own thing going on, you forget that you know, everyone else out there is just probably going to the same 
hectic nonsense you're going through, but still maintaining a home life, uh, interest that, you know, interest beyond here, you know, beyond mm-hmm. tattooing. Um, so, you know, right. I, th- I thought I had the other day, um, you know, always trying to figure out the best way to balance and, and, uh, <laughs> the idea I had it the other day was, you know, cause I'll find that I- I'm a workaholic, man. I, I want to be thinking, I'm always either thinking about work or I'm doing work or, and, and it's a challenge for me to be off on a day with family and not want to check my phone or not want to check the emails or not want to, sure. you know, sit down and even draw, you know, um, sure. but you have to balance that. And for me, it's like, okay, I love tattooing. I love drawing. I love art. I love doing this podcast and, and, and trying to get it better. Um, I should have that same uh, interest in the other aspects of my life because it's all an adventure, man. You know, just like, you know, family is, other humans are, you can learn from people. It's, and it's another fucking reason I love doing this podcast, man, is because I get to talk to you, another artist in Colorado, and I get to ask questions. Like it's, it's insane to me to, to be able to just do that, pick people's brains for somebody who loves to, man, I fucking love to talk. But I love to listen too, man, and uh, it's so it's so cool to do that. But you know, really trying to find that balance, and it's like I want to have the same have the same interest. I'm working towards that interest, and and being committed to learning more about my family, learning more about sure. what I have to do with fucking around the house. You know, yeah, just not being no, consumed by one thing because that's not healthy. Yeah, you know. It's like the idea of just being uh, having an awareness for your present moment, and um, yes, being uh, present. Yeah. We you're being present, man. And, and I, I I practice uh, being present on a daily basis myself because I find that if I don't, then I'm just chattering to myself in my own head all day long, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, getting involved in having emotional responses to arguments I'm having in my head that had that didn't even happen. I'm just like playing out scenarios and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I really strive when I get home now, I, I have not necessarily a routine, but I have a, a, I take time to be very present in that moment. Like say if I'm preparing like a, a big bowl of fruit, well, I'm looking at each piece of fruit and I'm cutting it and I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm not, I'm not tattooing and I'm not drawing, I'm not painting. Um, and I think that that's, uh, we're all on autopilot. We're all just kind of cruising. We forget about, like you said, you want to be more present in everything you're doing. I think, uh, what was I telling my apprentice? I said, you know, uh, we should always strive to have a life that was worth living or a life that was worth telling about. And uh, to, to, to show you an example, a guy I tattooed a couple days ago, um, he just quit his job. I was tattooing a skull on the back, and he was going to go to Peru. In seven days, he's going to climb one in a series of 20,000-foot peaks in Peru. Ice climbing. I'm wow. like, what, what the shit? Like, what do you <laughs> You know, like, what? And do you think this guy is some sort of, like, Walter Mitty, like, I'm just going to capture the world? And no, he's a guy who had a love for climbing and decided to do this and decided that. And and by and large, dude, whatever we want to do in life, whether it's get to know our family, get to travel around the world, go see this, learn how to paint, by and large, we just kind of have to decide to do it. There's going to maybe sacrifice to get there or, you know, to, to learn to make new habits. Mm-hmm. Um but by and large, anyone out there can have a life that would just be really super noteworthy. Um, and I myself, you know, I, uh, uh, you know you're talking about, say, say, getting to be more in tune with your family and, and what they're about, who they are. 
Um, I'm going through something similar, man. I um, I told myself a long time ago. I said I, I wanted to get well known enough in the industry to the point where I could disappear, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to disappear, but I, I think that uh, I'm going to quit striving so hard. You know, I got into conventions. Thankfully, think I, I think guys like say Gabriel Ripley and Derb Morrison and some of these convention promoters who allowed me to work these big events and uh, say invite only events. Um, I, I could not be more grateful to these guys for what they've done for me. Um, but maybe now's the time to quit proving. I think uh, I did the art retreat recently, and the four days of painting and inspiration and drawing and all this. And for four days, I didn't paint. And at the end of it, everyone was like, "Why didn't you paint while you were here?" And I'm like, "I don't need to prove I can anymore. You know, let me let me move on to something different. Maybe I can teach you how to paint. Maybe I can." So, so I think that for me personally, as, uh, as, as Ian Robert McCown comes into this new stage of who I am, um, I'm quit trying to fucking prove so much. You know what I mean? <laughs> let mm-hmm. me just kind of let me just kind of like uh, be and be a good example and take care of my local clientele base. And I, I'm gonna start doing more uh, international conventions because that's twofold: like new stuff I haven't done, new goals I can set for myself, but also get out there, get out, of, get out of your fucking get out of America for a little while, you know? Um, but we have chances all, every single day to be more or to strive for more. And, and that's just like more money. These things that are actually hardships. Money is a hardship. Even if you have a lot. I know, so I know guys that have so much money, but they don't have any money at all, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, so, so for me, I, my, my next sort of thing is I'm, you know, I'd be working on a new book and, and kind of working on teaching as much as I can to whoever wants to be taught. And striving for a different uh, pile of rewards. And rewards will be having helped others and, and, and helping myself become a better man. That helps me help others, you know? So, mm-hmm. And I think, um, it, you know, you said, you said something earlier that, that really hits a nail on the head. It doesn't come without sacrifice. But what you're doing, everything is yin and yang, man. Everything is what we perceive as agreeable and disagreeable. And mm-hmm. that sacrifice is disagreeable. But it, you know, you're working hard. Let's say you put another three hours into a painting. It was sacrifice because you, you know, you, you had to sacrifice something to do that, whether that's time with, you know, your family or whether it's work on another project. You sacrificed for that painting. But the reward is the painting's done and now you can maybe sell it or you can get some acknowledgement from it or you can hang it and just look at that shit. And it's really nice, you know. Um, so with sacrifice comes reward. I think that's, you know, everybody has to find that balance for themselves and, and what works. But, um, you know, I think you're right. We just have to sit down and, and or fucking get up and choose to do what we want to do and yeah, yeah, dude. keep focus. There's, there's, you a know? Buddhist, there's, there's a Buddhist idea that uh, uh, you want to be happy tomorrow. Well, you have to start that process today. Mm-hmm. Today is the only time we can access our future, you know, and uh, we can no longer access the past. So if you want to start, let's say you want to be a better tattooer, and you know that maybe just tattooing is not going to cut it. Well, today is the day you put you stand up. Like you see, you stand up, you say, "I'm going to be my own hero in this situation, and I'm going to uh, go to your tutorial, or I'm going to draw more today." Mm-hmm. That work today and tomorrow will down the road be what gets you there, but. Just letting time pass is not going to get you anywhere, you know. So effort. Uh, it takes effort. Man, man, effort. Everything, everything is a practice, dude. Even, even trying being happy in a day-to-day basis, it's a practice. And being a better tattooer is a practice. And being a better painter is a practice. 
And if you're not practicing, you know, practice. I read a book one time called um, uh, Talent is a Myth or something like that. And it was about how I did all these big like meta studies about like, is talent quantifiable? So it, can somebody be born with a natural talent? Or, you know, something like along those lines. Mm-hmm. And they said the number one thing that uh, it has the people who are the top end, it's why they're there as compared to people who are, say, the middle or the low end, is how much they were willing to practice whatever the heck they were doing when they weren't being rewarded for it or weren't being obligated to do it. Or so let's say, let's say someone practiced the violin an extra four hours a day um, outside of their music school, outside of what their parents had, but they just did that they put in the work, they put in the drive. They're the ones who are at the top. It's not just, uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there, there's, there's tattooers, we both know there's tattooers out there who are tattooing two years and they, they kind of crush everyone. And <laughs> more power to them. But they just did through. I have, I have 500 people on Instagram I follow and they're probably all better than me. And I, I thank all of them for doing what they do. Um, but but it's about practice, dude. And if, if you're willing to, to, to get better at anything, you're going to have to put in the work outside of doing the work, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or else every person on Wall Street would be billionaires. <laughs> Most of those people are just, they're just doing their job. They're not doing, they're not practicing either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, we have, we have a great opportunity every single day to kind of, man, to remold it. And like you said, you know, you're going to be 42 and I, I said October, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, dude, either one of us could drop dead tomorrow. <laughs> totally, <laughs> so, man. What are, I... we, what, what, are, you know, what are we doing? What are we, what are we, what are we doing to make the, re- the next however long? Right. what we want it to be, you know? Right, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's true. I just uh, I said it on last week's podcast. I was diagnosed with uh, um, high cholesterol. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fit guy, you know. I It's most likely somewhat hereditary, but it was elevated, man. It was fucking up there. And uh, uh-huh. I've totally had to change to, um, I'm probably now, it's been a few weeks, um, 95 to 95% plant-based in my diet, um, which is a complete switch because for the last 41 years I've eaten, you know, whatever I wanted, steak, chicken, bacon, you know, whatever. And I love it. Um, and so it's been a big change, but it's been rewarding too. I feel, I feel good. I, um, I feel healthy and, and, um, I, th- I know that I'm helping the situation out by doing what I'm doing, but it takes sacrifice. Cause I'm on vacation this last few days and I go to this place called the buttery cafe in Santa Cruz and uh, dude, they have the fucking best, you know, croissant sandwich, breakfast sandwiches, but that shit is just, dr- you know, drenched. it's called the buttery cafe, you know, fuck, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do it anymore, but I used to be able to just go there, get a fucking nice buttery croissant, you know, with, uh, with egg and cheese and bacon and, um, you know, move forward. But nowadays the sacrifice is that I can't do that, but the reward is I fucking get to live, you know, healthier and longer and, and yeah. have a better, yeah. uh, quality of life. So to me, that's you know, worth yeah. it. You know, Joe, I'm I'm actually right there with you. I uh, I didn't have any really big health scares, but I just decided like, okay, well, let me be more. I mean, let me eat more intentionally. Let me uh, let me let me eat more intentionally. So I um, like last night I had um, five or six different kinds of fruits and some raw vegetables, a little bit of uh, like a few uh, cubes of cheese and a little bit of ranch, and that was my dinner right there. The whole that's it. There was no uh, mm-hmm. 
there's no huge meat products or anything. And I'm, I'm not against, I'm not a, I'm not a vegan or anything like that. Um, I guess we, we could have a whole other show on how I feel about ethics of animal meat production, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think for me, um, and, and you're kind of hitting on something key here, and I think a lot of people don't realize it, is that even things like our diets and how we choose to treat ourselves in that regard, or not choose, like tattooers, we have, have the worst diets ever. But even in that regard to, okay, no, I'm, gonna, I'm going to eat with intent. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nourish myself and fuel myself, not just make my, my mouth happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to find you have more energy, start to find that you're happier, you have whatever, you know, and I, I, I've actually started to, I'm, 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 I'm like you, I, I think I very rarely have any sort of, uh, actual meat anymore. I, I'm more like an obolacto vegetarian. Um, and it's not necessarily, it's not an ethical thing. I think I just, uh, it makes me feel better. You know, yeah. I was a, I, I was a 290 pounds, uh, power lifter for 15, like 15 years. And at the age of 40, 41, I'm like, dude, you can't be 290 pounds anymore. <laughs> you can't do it, dude. So I have running shoes now, and I go running, and I, um, you know, I, uh, I, I just, I had to take a really long look at who I was and what I was selling to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of an identity crisis where I realized, like, oh, shit, I'm not this big, burly Viking. Well, people still like my tattoos. And what a weird, stupid place to find your brain in. But what a very real oops, place I was in when I realized like holy shit dude you've been selling an image for so long what happens when you don't sell that image anymore you know so mm-hmm. um, I'd say now I'm nearly nearly I'm pretty much vegetarian at this point um, and about a little under 220 maybe if I lost about 60 70 pounds and um, dude I'm fucking happy <laughs> that's awesome it's uh, yeah. you know and this is this is what uh, Ian's doing this is what I'm doing Everybody out there has to find their own way and everybody, you know, but you can learn. And that's a great thing. We can learn from others and we can we can take um, the ideas that we're getting and we can expand on them for a while. um, Like my process with with my food has come from a place of um, a couple years ago, I got into CrossFit pretty heavy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, part of that whole culture, part of that whole movement is is I don't know how they've kind of co-marketed these things but paleo um sure you know paleolithic uh diet is kind of comes along with that and that's very meat centric and and protein centric and um yeah but clean and so that was where my kind of process started i started eating more paleo and eating cleaner taking the the sugars out and and taking the dairy out um and then this is although it's it's a big switch because i i don't have the meat anymore um, it's still, I mean, I think it's even cleaned up my diet even more, l- less sugar, less processed shit. And, um, it's cool, man. It's another thing that I can fucking be excited about learning about and, and, and into, if I don't look at it as a negative, like, oh yeah. shit, man, I can't eat my fucking want to eat a steak sometimes. But you know what? If I don't look at it like, damn it, I can't eat a steak. You know how many fucking steaks I've eaten in my life? A lot. <laughs> so yeah. like I'm. I'm cool with eating some some uh, eggplant and some cucumbers and some, you know, fucking cauliflower rice and and shit like that. Exploring that. So I I think I think, too, Joe, I think that uh, I don't know if you go through this, but like when I go home at night and I stop by, say, a Whole Foods or natural groceries or something like that, and I take the time to go through their, their food aisle and I find something amazing. That, like a piece of food that's just perfect. And I go home, I have this ability to um, uh, 
not cherish is the word, but just really uh, be thankful and really get into something that's a very simple pleasure, a very simple thing. Instead of, uh, you know, we're, we're taught our whole lives that uh, strive for all this new stuff and more money and, and bigger and faster cars and nicer clothes and, oh, I got the new iPhone. So that's what we strive for. And, and in a lot of ways, but if you can get down to, boy, my life is perfect if I just have a really nice piece at home waiting for me. Um, it opens up possibilities to being happier with every other fucking aspect of your life, dude. Like mm-hmm. it's just, uh, and I'm, I'm not. It probably sounds like we're a bunch of bunch of food centric people just like talking about food, but um, dude, it's all interconnected. You know? yeah, man, every every everything is, and and I hope that this is not lost on people that as you know, you, all right, the the. We're talking about a lot of a lot of change. We're talking about a lot of positivity and shit like that. And me personally, and I'm sure you're the same, uh, Ian. We both go. I go through periods where it's hills and valleys, man. It's ups and downs with regards to yep. balancing all these things in my life. And I'm sure that's where a lot of people at. A lot of listeners are are there as well. It's not all you know, green grass and and rainbows. It can be no. an up and down, and even. You know, I, I say I need to have um, a positive outlook on on eating certain things and not being able to eat certain things. That is a difficult thing from time to time. You know, I'm not going to say that. It's not, I still want those things, but <clears throat> I think making that effort and making that change is, is, uh, is important. Obviously, it's important for me for health and, um, and wellness. And, and I think that uh, um, we have to be honest, though, about, this shit doesn't come just easy, you know? And I think it's a trap that people get into too, you know, with looking at other tattooers, I think, you know, bringing this back around to, to tattooing, we look at people like Nico Hurtado or, or a, let's say a BJ Betts or somebody that's, that's at the highest level of their, of their craft. And we think, uh-huh. well, man, it looks like it comes so easy to them. We don't see the, the, the 12, 13, 14 hour days in a row, you know, the traveling, the work sure. behind the work, you know? And so, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I, I, I have a, a friend of mine. I won't, I won't name him because I've seen him for this, but I remember one year, his status update for the new year was this year. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to tattoo like Nico Hurtado. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, and, and I, I gave him hell for it for, I don't even know how long. And he can laugh about it now too, because in his perspective, it was just sort of like you said, "Oh man, it's just such a it must be just a straight up process." But yeah, we don't see um, these guys who are at the top. Uh, it, they they did what it took. It's like a, I did a, a seminar one time where my my um, projector went down. So that was I was supposed to talk about uh, monochromatic art and whatever, and I couldn't. So instead, I like kind of rock talk for two hours and. Uh, a friend of mine, Jed Likeness, an amazing painter, amazing tattooer out in Wisconsin. Um, he was in the, he was in the audience, and I was asking people, well, how much of your free time do you spend practicing your art? You know, learning how to be a better. You know, if you're a guy who draws, what tattoos a lot? How much time do you do that? And most of them were like, oh, whenever I can, you know. And I said, Jed, and he like looked up. And I said, how often do you paint in a month? And he's like, like in a 30 day month. And I'm like, yes. He's like, I paint 30 nights out of the month, and. <laughs> That's like that's probably the same thing with like Nico Hurtado or BJ Best. These guys, um, I mean, I can tell you a really cool story about BJ Best, but uh, these guys practice what they do all the time and they put in the work. And it may seem effortless, but no, it wasn't. It was an uphill climb the whole way. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, so so there you go. These guys are the living, breathing, you know, example of well, do what you can, put in the work, and you're going to get what you get out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Um, I want to hear and, the. And they're like I said, they're they're real dudes. You know. Yeah, I want to hear the BJ Betts story. Well, this isn't like a, a crazy story. I don't have a whole a whole lot of those like crazy this weird stuff happened at conventions. I have some of those, but. Um, a couple years ago, uh, I never actually met DJ. A couple years ago, um, one of my one of my um, household pets uh, had passed away, and it was still incredibly heartbreaking. And a friend of mine reached out to PJ to see if he would drop some lettering um, for her name and uh, to get a tattoo. And he actually sent out two sheets full of custom names that he had done. And here's a guy who is at the top of the game, uh, can work or not work as much as he wants. Um, you know, has books out, all this shit, and still took the time for a human moment to reach out and help someone he'd never met. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm just like, oh my God, like how, what an amazing person. You know what I mean? And there was no money. There was nothing like that. And I'm not, please, if you're listening to this, don't think he's probably going <laughs> to just do that. Uh, the person who talked to him for me probably called it a favor. I don't know. But but the point is, is what an amazing story that mm-hmm. somebody had a, saw somebody else in a human moment uh, who was suffering. It's like, no, dude, let me help a little bit. And I, I wear the tattoo to the day, you know? And um, so it's a great story. I and mean, it probably wasn't a fun one like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, so. I'm sure I'm sure there's some behind the scenes that go on with, with a situation like that, but it doesn't diminish the fact that he took a time to, time to be in that moment. And, you know, yeah. at yeah. that point, the path was the goal for him. You know, he was, he was taking advantage of that opportunity to, to pay yeah, yeah. it forward. And, and like, like you said, there was no there was no money involved. So like you said, the path was the goal. The doing of it was the reason to do it, not the end result. And um, yeah. yeah, it was a similar thing at the the retreat recently. I'm not gonna point myself out as, as benign as he is or not as benign as benevolent as he was, but I had a woman at our retreat recently and she um she just wasn't kind of picking up what I was putting down as far as you know, a lot of novice painters and a lot of novice tattooers, they have a list of excuses as to why they're not doing what you say they should do. And it's just a human response because we feel any sort of criticism means we're failing. And uh, so anyway, um, I was like, well, you should, she tried to paint a portrait of her dog and it wasn't working. And I said, fine. I said, come here. And I took her over and I got a blank canvas out and I held up the picture she had. And I just, I painted this uh, monochrome sex study of her puppy. And at the end of it, she's like, oh my God, you, it looks so much like my puppy, blah, blah, blah. And she was so overjoyed. And I had shown her in this thing. And then she was going to take a picture of it. And I said, no, man, I just signed it and gave it to her. And she was so blown away. And for me, um, that moment of making her happy that I gave her a painting wasn't the uh, the goal. The goal was to walk her through on the path, walk her through a moment where she could grasp what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, there's plenty of people out there that are actually like, plenty of these big names out there that are just really amazing people. And it's so refreshing when you when you find that out. Yeah. Um, obviously, the transverse, and I don't, and I don't think we even spend about moments. I could talking about it, but there's obviously a bunch of shitheads out there too. Um, and you're going to find that in any walk of life, mm-hmm. anything you may come up against. But for those people who are not good, or who are not pushing for each other, who are not giving and, and not gracious and not patient, well, we don't really need, we need to think about them because they're they're stuck in their own trip, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. If I if one thing I've learned in in my life is to not put effort into the people that, that are going to be negative in your life. 
you know, sure. minimize those interactions and, and oftentimes we have to cut people out and it's not a negative. It's not, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's, it's, if I'm cutting somebody out of my life, it's because it's making a positive impact on my life, not having sure. them there, sure. you know? And so, um, yeah, yeah, man, sounds like a fucking, sounds like you're on a good place, Ian, and, and on a good part of your journey. Um, I think so, but I think I'm, I'm, I think if anyone is a fan of mine for whatever reason, thank you so much for liking what I do. I've, uh, someone said the other day, they said, um, you told me years ago you did blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, I've kind of stubbornly stuck to my vision as far as what I want to see in the thing. And I, 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 I'm, uh, like I told you many times, you know, thank you so much for even, um, talking to me, man. Like I, uh, I'm just a regular dude, just like anyone else. Uh, I'm not a wizard. And so <laughs> I wish I was, and I wish I was a Viking, but I'm just like a regular dude who loves his cats and likes to think about life. And, um, yeah. I'm trying to make things better for everyone else as much as I can, you know? So, man, uh, you know what, if, if everybody would do the same and, and, um, I think the world would be a better place. And I just appreciate the positivity, man. I, the, this is the kind of conversation I'd love to have. You know, I, I love to um, hear the excitement. I love to hear about the struggle. I love to hear about the, the reward. So it's exciting for me awesome. to talk to you, man. And, and I appreciate you coming on and, and sitting down with me for, for this hour. And, um, you know, again, if anybody out there is listening and, and you want to get involved in what this show is doing and what I'm doing with it, hit me up on sullenradio.com. You can also email me at joe at sullenradio.com. Um, and, and let me know, you know, I want to interact. I want to know what you guys want to hear. So, um, uh, shoot, shoot me that contact. And, and, um, if you, if you want to, if you want to be a part of, you know, get more involved in what's going on. So, Ian, thanks, man. If if somebody Thank wanted to get know. a hold of if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and either get tattooed by you, pick up a piece of art, check out some of your tutorials or videos or things like that, where where can they do that at? What's the best way? Um, best way to get a hold of me um, uh, would just be to email me at um, Ian R. McCown at yahoo.com or um, you know I, if you follow me on Instagram, it's Aaron Ephemera. And uh, it's a confusing name, but I, I, I think I'm going to hold on to it. But just to, uh, I try to respond to everyone who shoots me a message. I'm trying to even get better at that. So uh, please be patient. And uh, if I'm not getting back to you, please bug me because it has nothing to do with nothing personal. I'm probably just scatterbrained sometimes. So, <laughs> um, But I, I like hearing from everyone. I like talking about everything. And um, you don't have to want to buy anything from me or anything like that. Let's just, let's just talk and, and have a real moment, man. So. Um, I'll thank you, dude, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing you at the next event, man. Yeah, for sure. I, I will definitely, um, for me, my travel schedule is I'll be at Ink and Iron here in a couple weeks. Um, hope everybody comes out. I'll be in the Sullen booth um, hanging out and um, talking with people. I would love to have the same thing. Come up. Let's have a conversation. I would love to listen, uh, you know meet some of you listeners. So, um, I'll do that. And then we have, uh, in July, I'll be at Palm Springs, um, convention and, uh, excited for that as well. I'm kind of celebrating 20 years of tattooing there. So hopefully awesome. getting, um, uh, been offered to get tattooed by Ricky boy, Suluape, uh, as oh, wow. yeah, kind of commemorating that. And, and this, you know, new thing I'm doing with, uh, with sullen radio. So exciting, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about those things coming up and, um, 
Again, everybody, you know you know where to find uh, the show. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. Um, it's on SullenRadio.com. Um, you know, another good way, you know, if I could encourage the listeners, people that are listening to the show, find me on Facebook. Find the Facebook fan page for the show. It's a great way to be able to share each episode. Um, I appreciate all the likes. I appreciate you guys sharing with your friends as well um, the show episodes so people can start listening and, and hearing uh, what you guys are enjoying. So thank you for that. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Ian. I, I appreciate it, man. Awesome, man. Have a great day. Yep. You too. Thanks, buddy. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Sullen Radio. This is Joe Swanson. Please give some love to my sponsors, Sullen Clothing. Check them out at sullenclothing.com. Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Order all your tattoo supplies at kingpintattoosupply.com. Inkies Tattoo Products. You can find them at inkies.com. And if you use the promo code Sullen Radio at checkout, you get a free sample pack of Inkies products. Black Flies Eyewear. You can take a look at their shades at flies.com. Filster.com. That's P H L S T E R.com. You can use the promo code Sullen Radio and get 13% off your next Kydex holster. Finally, let me say thank you to Tattoos Cure Cancer for their support. You can also help support them and this show by donating at sullenradio.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Keep hustling, and we'll talk to you next week.